podcast, week 30. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman here with you on Easter. That's right, Easter Sunday. Brian at the uh, homestead on the phone and me here in the studio at News 8. Brian, happy Easter. How did the family spend the day? Happy Easter to you. We spent the day basically not doing much of anything. Sounds like any other day. A little cabin fever setting today. There was some whininess and some grouchiness and some crying and complaining, mostly just by me. Um, But yeah. But you know what? Family's safe. So it's a good Easter. That's always the most important thing on Easter. So yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. Absolutely. Look, here's my day. So after I hang out with the family, I come to work and Mm -hmm. I was watching, I was doing some editing and I'm watching the Masters from last year cheering for Ricky Fowler making a putt. And for a split second, I had to, it dawned on me that, oh, wait, this is last year, you big dummy. I knew it was, but at the time, I just got caught up in the moment. That's how much I miss sports. I'm the same way. Um, it's awful. Yeah, uh, similar kind of thing for me late this afternoon. Um, what Eric's talking about is they, you know, everything's canceled. CBS ran last year's Masters this afternoon on today, Sunday afternoon. Today was April 12th was supposed to be uh, the final round of the 2020 Masters. Obviously not, so they re-ran that. And I had a similar experience, even though I knew what was going to happen and my wife and kids had just gone outside to like plant some shrub plant a little some plants out in our back in our backyard like oh that's a good way to go out with the family get some fresh air instead even though i knew what happened i watched the, without just I, I didn't touch the remote for the last hour i watched the, the last hour of that to watch uh tiger pull off his miracle again that's so that's i'm kind of right there with you like i know what's going to happen i've already seen this and i didn't move did i go outside and help the family i did not let, let's call a spade a spade. This is more about your lazy yard work habits than anything else. Oh, well, there's certainly a strong element to that. But I mean, I'm just saying that my excuse was an even worse excuse than usual. So yeah. how about this ESPN right now? We're taping this at 7 o'clock on uh, Sunday night on Easter. And they have the game of horse going on. I don't know if you turn this on by a chance. Did you happen to have it on? It's on behind me right now. but. Yeah. This is, this is another, you know, listen, you know, I'm, I'm missing basketball. I'm missing the NBA. The NBA playoffs should be taken off. It's driving me nuts. But this is another driveway event for me. If they were, if Steph Curry and, you know, Bradley Beal were playing horse in my driveway, I wouldn't watch. So, you'd, no. you'd close the blinds. I close the blinds. Yep. No, <laughs> but here's the, fu- here's the funny part, though. How many people are watching, do you think? I mean, it's Easter, so it's tricky. But if you're sitting home, first of all, it's taped. It's a bunch of like all this bunch of guys playing hoops in their own yards, which is neat. And there's, they're trying to make it interesting. But I, I watched for about a minute and a half, and that was it. I'll do about two minutes of highlights of it tonight at 11. But I only watched stuff? Yeah. No, you know? I get it. They're trying to stretch it out. They're trying to think. Of, they're trying to be creative. I get all that. I'm just. Can't beat no, the real not, thing, not buddy. Can't beat the real thing. All right, can't so beat the real thing. The other thing is uh, a couple some other news and notes. Uh, I guess I should backtrack here. We're going to talk about some headlines, but and we talked about the Masters, but Brian thought it was a good idea with the Masters going on that you know we talked about Smokey and the Bandit earlier um, in one of our podcasts. We were going to bring up the movie Caddyshack, which for me is top five all time. Might be like top three. How about you? Yeah, I'm right. It's definitely up there for me too. Certainly, um, and again, I'm not like uh, I'm not like a, I'm a very casual golf fan, so it's not like one of these people watching like the Phoenix Open, and I don't care. Yeah. But like, yeah, I love the I love to watch the Masters and the and the and the big and the and the, uh, the majors. But like, and again, I'm so I, I is to me Caddyshack has to be the best golf movie ever made. Again, not being a like a rabid golf fan, I don't know how many great golf movies there are out there. Yeah. But 
there, there can't be any better golf movies than Caddyshack. Just how many better sports movies are there? And yes, it is a sports movie. I know how much I you think. love Kevin Costner, but I never saw Tin Cup. I saw it. Um, I was underwhelmed by uh, I, by uh, Tin Cup. Yeah, speaking Not, of underwhelmed, it was okay. The, the critics. Although I will say this, Don Johnson. Yeah. Was excellent in Cup. Just wasn't, throwing that out there. Wasn't Cheech, Cheech Marin in that too? I think that was Nash Bridges, but very similar. Oh, you know, you're right. Oh, you know what? My goodness, that's a good call. So Don Johnson and Cheech Marin, Nash Bridges, and Tin Cup. That's a nice resume. We're not going to do six degrees of Cheech Marin anytime soon on a podcast. No, we're not. We're, right we're doing that thing where we get off track. Again. Yes. All right. Focus. Focus. All right. A couple okay. things. Baseball, uh, I think it was Bob Nightingale in USA Today talked about can they pull off some sort of season where they play in Arizona and Florida realignment, no, no, no National League, no American League, you know, you just based on where you train is where you're going to play. Listen, right. I'm so desperate for sports. I, I loved the idea when I first heard it, but then when you start really trying to put it all together, there's no way that's going to work. No way it could happen. I was reading something at Sports Illustrated today, which was about a sobering, um, and again, we realized that in the grand scheme of what's going on on the globe, sports is really low on the priority list, except there are lowest. Of course, there are many yeah. people that make their money and are losing out because sports has been shut down. But you just the Sports Illustrated article basically today pointed out that we're not seeing sports anytime soon, barring something miraculous happen. That was very sort of sad to read. Yep. But yeah, they just the logistics have been doing that. These ideas of half the half major league teams playing Arizona, the other half playing Florida. Logistically, it's just it's crazy. Listen, I'll watch but, it because I'm desperate to watch something. I if I'm driving around and I can pop a game on the radio, you're the same way. We'll do mm-hmm. it, but I just it's 120 degrees in Arizona in the summertime. How are you going to manage that? Yeah, but it's I've been, yeah, but it's, I've been it's a dry heat. Yeah, it's fine. You're fine. Uh, and and meanwhile in Florida, as we've seen with like the Marlins games, although I know you guys being an American League baseball fan, you don't you don't just watch the Marlins 19 times like I do my Mets, no, but uh, no. yeah, you know in my in Florida. It rains every after every night this summer. You know, it's beautiful out all day. Then there's an hour, a thunderstorm for an hour. So, yeah, that'd be weird too. I did like I the. Did, idea. However, I don't know how you feel about this because I'm not one of these like, you know, the game can't change and all this and thing. I kind of lo- I thought at least for one year, the realignment it was pretty cool. And I someone was talking about it, and I kind of agreed with them a little bit. Like, you know, don't even call it a World Series this year. Call it like the the some the baseball classic, or you know, kind of like when they do that whatever it is that thing every four years. The like, you know, yeah, the, the, the like, everybody ignores. Yeah, the yeah. World Baseball Classic. Yeah, do a World Cup or call it the you know the American Cup or you know well, you can't call it that, but you know what I mean. Just don't call it the World Series. Figure something out. But again, I think we're a long way from that. Listen, we're a long you, way from that. You mentioned sports journal. I was talking to a college football coach two days ago. And he told me he's really, really worried about the fall. He's like, oh, I got, yeah. got 110 guys on my team. We practice for two hours a day. They lift. They go to study halls together. We watch film together. How am I going to manage 110 guys And, and if we're still doing social distancing? It's impossible. You can't do it. You cannot do it. No, it's impossible. So it's we'll keep our fingers crossed that some sort of therapeutic or some sort of vaccine comes out. Yeah, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, as I said, more we want to – you know, we want to get everything restarted. There's a lot more important things going on right now. We don't want to see people any more than we have to uh, lose any more people than we already have. No. You know, that's what's most important. And that means 
I mean, I, I don't see. A, I hate saying this out loud. I don't see a scenario where you know people are going to a ball game anytime soon. It's almost hard to say that out loud, but no, I, I can't believe. Again, like you said, putting everything in perspective, and we, I think we've been clear about that from the last couple of podcasts. That we're just talking for fun. We're talking about sports. Trying to have some fun. Yeah. I, I just the, the idea of like, like losing a year, like of our kids' sports, of going to games. It's just you know putting your whole That's life where I on feel pause. Like, you know, we, we both have kids that are in youth sports and years are a little older but mine are getting of age where like they're actually like especially my oldest is thinking more about like do i want to do travel do i want to do i really want to step up and just try and do travel like try and try out teams really get good at it and she's weighing that and the the fact that she doesn't even have that choice anymore that's when you really feel for it you feel for you know feel for someone like i feel for my for my kids for my for the grandparents who you know they know that their time isn't um Time isn't forever, and they're yeah. losing out in time, time. And I feel bad for my kids. You don't get your youth back. And I agree. And the grand, I keep seeing the grand scheme things, but in the overall picture, that's a hell of a lot more important than when the hell the Mets get to play a three-game series against the Marlins. Hey, can you hold on a second? I'm going to go outside and slam my head in my car door. I'll be right back. That's fine. Yeah, I'll just sit here and hum quietly. It'll make for great, great content. <laughs> so listen, I'll tell you one thing I will watch. This this uh, horse tournament is, you know, you can do whatever you want with that, but I'll be watching the NFL draft. Uh, I mean, it's oh, the only yes. thing of I, – I, listen, I know some people have criticized the NFL, but I, kudos to them. They're giving us something to watch, and I'll be watching it. And I loved it that it came out today that uh, Goodell is going to – the commissioner, Roger Goodell, is going to do the draft virtually from his basement is where he's going to read off the drafts. And they said it'll be the first time that he won't get booed. But then someone said they'll probably have his family members in the background booing him when it starts, which yeah, I think I'm would sure, be very yeah, funny. Would. Virtual booing. Yeah, I wonder if his I wonder if his basement looks looks like mine. <laughs> uh, wow, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's it's it's weird. There's there's already been some complaints about it. I guess some teams are wondering um, push it back. Yeah, push it back, or there what what it happens if they lose? You know, their if the internet goes. It sounds silly to say, but if they lose internet connection or something like that, I'm like, you can figure this out. I mean, Google NFL Draft, they used to basically do this, like, in a room, you know, where everybody was, a couple guys on the phone reading out of football, college yeah. football magazines, taking players. So let's settle down with this. I, I Somebody agree. complaining, I, I think it was another owner, you know, uh, an anonymous owner, well, I'm just going to say, he, I'm going to think it's his, I'm going to say it's probably somebody like, say, maybe his last name rhymes, rhymes with Gera. Or Jarrah, maybe he's in charge of a New York football team, something like that. That's complaining that Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones are going to be in the same room together. Like, what the hell? What, what, who cares? Hey, as long as Jimmy right. Johnson's in the room, I don't care. Cedric here, but come on. As long as Jimmy Johnson's not in the room, I don't care. Whatever. I was going to say. You know. Um, yeah. So we talked about it a little bit. The Masters. Um, we missed it this weekend, but they're going to play in November. Uh, your thoughts about that? I think it's great. I think it's great that they're going to attempt to play it. Yep. It seems kind of weird. I don't know that. I mean, does it have? Well, let, let's okay. Let's let's put this. Let's put our little best case scenario thinking uh, little hats on. Yeah. Like best case scenario, meaning that on that Sunday, the final round, it's a uh, it's a Masters final round. Plus, it's an NFL Sunday. It's Steelers Cowboys at four and Tiger on the fifteenth hole coming down the home stretch. Right. What are you watching? Well, first of all, I'm guessing that the NFL if right now, that'll be one of those because the NFL is smart about this with scheduling, unlike a lot of other leagues. Once they know like the final, once they know the date of like the final round of that Sunday Masters, that'll be your seven teams on a bye, 
and those weeks where we go, oh man, there's a bunch of crappy games. Jacksonville, and like the Cowboys, and the, the Cowboys and the Steelers and the Chiefs will all have to buy that week. Yeah, it'll be like I said, it'll be Jacksonville versus Houston, and you know, yeah. a bunch of teams nobody cares about. So yeah, it'll be you know the Chargers and the Rams will be the Sunday night game or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it would be interesting because one of the great things again, that's just all about the Masters and this week. And again, I sucked in like again very casual golf fans like myself as it's a standalone event. Like oh. This is the second weekend of April. That's, that's all that's going on in sports right now. You know, baseball's just barely started. Playoffs are usually, you know, the week after in terms of, like, NBA and hockey. Yep. So that would be interesting, but I, I agree with you. It, it, I hope it happens, and it would be kind of cool to see. And I'm assuming November in Augusta, Georgia isn't too cold. And they'll so, just – Good CB, idea. CBS will just pipe in the fake bird noises anyway, so it doesn't matter when they do it. Is that true? I've heard I've heard that. No, that is true that there's people – I've. I don't know if you've ever talked to people who are there, but people who go there say the one thing's weird because you never see a bird or any sort of animal living animal out of Augusta. <laughs> There's a lot so, of things you don't see down there, but we will. That's yeah, I know. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's not start with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm, well, that's, that's why I love it. Like, that's why I always love the Masters now. You have the nice, the fake bird noises, the trinkling piano, Masters yeah. music, Jim Nance with his hushed tones. Jim Nance can be very relaxing if he's, you know, depending on the sport. Yep. So, yeah, hopefully we see it. The world is changing. And some football. WNBA yeah. draft is this Friday night. I know you'll be looking forward to watching that. I know you've got your mock draft all set up. I'll look for the uh, – you'll maybe post yep. that later this week on the EDBC podcast website. Sure. So, do the uh, – who set the first pick? The Atlantas of uh, – Right, Fox? right. What's that? So, listen, yeah. I was talking to Sorry. a Yale football player yesterday who's who uh, – offensive lineman – Going back to NFL real quick. Talk about having your life. He's supposed to have his pro day March 26th. That got canceled. So he's been doing a bunch of Skype and Zoom interviews with NFL executives. And one of the things he told me they do with him is they sit there and watch game film of his games while at Yale. And then have him Mm -hmm. break, break down the tape. To kind of see what he th- what he sees and what he would have done differently and all that stuff, and he talked about it as a wild experience. So, if you get a chance, wow. I tweeted that out. Dieter Iceland's his name. He's from South Africa. Dieter Iceland, that's a great name for an offensive lineman. Yeah, six four three ten, six four three ten. So they're talking either wow. it's like a seventh round pick or a high priority. Yeah, tackle agent. a guard, left guard. He played at Yale. But big athletic kick. One scout, you'll. I, I thought of you when he told me this, and I almost didn't put it in the story, but I did. One scout referred to him as an Ivy League dirtbag, and that was a compliment for an offensive lineman. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it usually is. So I, I anyway, totally get that. Dieter Iceland. You heard it here first, folks. Dieter Iceland. I was, right. I was reading about some of these type Zoom things, and there's always some uh, controversy because apparently one guy who ran like a four sticks at the combine, like shaved like two seconds, quote-unquote shaved two seconds off his time when he did his Zoom, so there were people... Or there's like, okay, so are guys like uh, doctoring their Zooms or something? Or Jesus. I don't know how you do that, but. I don't either. Um, good for him. Yeah, like, you know, good, good yeah, whatever it takes, man. Good for Dieter. Hey, I hope on draft night or dra- uh, Roger Goodell in his basement sometime over those three nights where there's hell, it says Dieter Iceland's name. I think, and I don't think and he hopefully should for Dieter, you know, I mean, and hopefully for Diedrich, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't, uh, his name doesn't follow the words New York Jets, but you never know. Dieter. Dieter. It's Dieter. actually spelled. Dieter. It's actually spelled like dieter, but it's spelled Dieter. Uh, like like Dieter Brock, there great you go. Rams quarterback. Yeah, yeah. big time. Um, yeah. 
before we st- turn here from the Masters and the NFL and all that stuff, we will make, make our segue to Caddyshack. Is there anything that you need to do before we, we, we go on to our next topic? Uh, well, let's take a look here. You're very this prepared. brand new world podcasting. Where I, have to, very, I am prepared. Uh, yeah. Take it uh, away. Yeah, all's well. You know what's going on with all's well? They have no. a huge deal right now. All's well mattresses are friend at all's well. Let me tell you about their deal. This is going to run now through April 15th. So you got a few more days. We're taping this on April 12th. So now through April 15th, Allswell wants to help you out during these trying times with some great spa products that they have. Allswell isn't just about great mattresses, although they do have great mattresses. They also have awesome spa products like bathrobes, blankets, uh, organic striped blankets for whatever that is, and three-inch toppers. And three-inch toppers, I'm not sure what what goes into that. But that doesn't matter because now through April 15th, if you use the promo code SPABATH25, you get 25% any of your purchases. And remember that you can set up all's well with 0% down, 0% financing if you choose a mattress. The mattresses start as low as $365. A good night's sleep is something we all, all use right now. So check it out, all's well, allswell.com. Promo code SPABATH25. I like you, Betty. That's Denny, sir. Gunga, galunga. Well, I ain't paying no 50 cents for no coke. What's that candy wrapper doing there? Well, you buy a hat like this, I bet you get a free bowl of soup, huh? You'll get nothing and like it. All right, let's let's make the turn, as they say, to the back nine of this podcast, and let's talk about Caddyshack, a movie released July 25th, 1980. So I'm trying to do the math here. I'm seven years old in 1980. Right. When did I see that movie? I obviously didn't go see it in the theater with my folks, but I it had to have some sort of was it HBO? I'm not sure, but I've I, I it saw it a million because, times. It had to be on HBO. I think it had to be on HBO because I remember seeing. I feel almost feel like feel like high school, which would have been like around yeah, so eight to ten years after it came out. I feel like high school was probably the first time I saw it. What? I, like most people that I yeah, I feel like maybe I saw it in high school. See, we we had a much more liberal parenting uh, situation at home where I think they just wanted us to be occupied, so they just watch whatever we yeah. want. But I, I'm beginning to I'm beginning to embrace that that type of attitude with parenting. By the way, do whatever and, you want to do. Are, are you on? Did you guys get Disney Plus? By the way, I meant to ask you that. We did. Yeah, so did we. My wife we're informed all over, me. Yeah, of we're that. all over Disney. Yeah, she informed we're me all. of that, and they're making a killing on that. By the way, good for them. Good for them. Uh, you know, you know, I saw that, but then I saw that Disney the. Um, the park, Disneyland and Disney World, has laid off 43,000 employees because Disney's hurting so bad. You can't yeah. really pay those people for a few months. They made $300 million, I think, in their first month of Disney+. Plus. Give me a break. Uh, but, yeah, I'm guessing high school. And, yeah, I'm guessing high school then turned out, like, college in early 20 years is when it really started to kick in. Or well, it was you, on, you watched it, or you rented it, or you bought the crappy VHS tape. So give our listeners some uh, some you you did a lot of research on this. Give me some uh, bullet points that stood out to you when you uh, went back and looked. I have a few myself. Go yeah. Ahead. So this was written by Harold Ramis, Brian, three guys. Harold Ramis, who we know, great comedic director, also was a great actor in some comedy films. He was in uh, Stripe. Probably he didn't act in a lot, but the ones he when he did act, he always he chose wisely. Yep. So it's probably his two best acting roles he's known for are Stripes and playing. Uh, uh, well, they're playing it in, in Ghostbusters, but he wrote this along with Brian Doyle Murray and Doug Kenny, uh, and Brian Doyle Murray, brother of Bill Murray. They they were inspired to write this movie because Brian Doyle Murray and Bill Murray, stars in the film, grew up in a very big Irish Catholic family just outside of Chicago, 
And, of course, one of their jobs growing up was was working as caddies at this uh, nice country club in the Chicago suburbs. So they write this movie. It's sort of a bit of a mess in the beginning. But they, they, the, the script was like 240 pages long, just super long for like what's supposed to be like an hour and a half comedy movie. Should be half that, they right? Shaved, yeah, it should be half that. They shaved it down. Uh, Doug Kenny is not really a famous guy, but he was a really he was a really uh, well thought of comedy writer. And his one, the only thing you would know him from is he had a small bit part in Animal House two years earlier, where he was in the frat house. And what the hell do you want us to do, you moron? Was That's he the, ever the stork? Right? That was his name. Was, I think. That, was he the stork? Yeah, he was. A, he was a historic. He was a writer with National Lampoon um, yeah. in the early seventies. Knew a lot of the Saturday Night Live guys. As uh, and Harold Ramis was not a Lampoon guy. He came out of SDTV in Chicago, Second City guy, all that stuff. So, um, and, and ironically, in a horrible sort of tragic bit of fate, Doug Kenny literally fell off a cliff about a few months after this film was made while he was vacationing in Hawaii. Was it that um, close? Two months? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Jeez. Yeah. And, yep. you know, the f- and people, there was a lot of thought, did he jump? He had some personal issues or did yeah. he just fall? But yeah, it was tough. But anyway, back to the film. So this was Ramis' directorial, directorial debut. And by his own admission, he had no idea what to do. He wasn't even sure how to like look into the camera. So yeah. it was really made like it was, you know, it was sort of a, a free-for-all in the beginning. He thought he was going to be fired they, after the first couple of days. They thought he was going to be fired. They made, yeah, they made it for six million dollars and it grossed forty million dollars. The it, character of Danny Noonan, who's like the main caddy character, yep, it was originally sort of supposed to be like one of these teenage coming of age movies. We've all seen it back in the early seventies and eighties, yep. and really he was going to be the focus of the movie, along with his like his buddies in the golf course, his caddy buddies for his girlfriend, whatnot, and but they started shooting, and they realized, no, 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 this is more of just like, forget about the, the, the plot secondary. It's just all these characters doing all their, their doing all doing their their, their things. Yeah. So Rodney Dangerfield, his first movie ever. Oh, Rodney, classic. Easy, easy money, easy money is still my favorite Rodney Dangerfield movie. That's a great movie, Easy Money. There's people Rodney who had I know. never acted before and was nervous because. He thought he was doing terrible because they were nobody would laugh, was laughing during filming until they told him like we can't laugh we're not supposed to laugh. And he didn't know what action meant when they would say action. He was like, "What?" He had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, no. Oh, it's classic. They shot it. They shot it in the fall of 1979 at a golf club in Florida. Yep. But they wanted to be like a, they wanted to be representative of what the Murray brothers thought about like Midwest kids, you know blue-collar kids, so they tried to... It was supposed to be set in the Midwest, so they were very careful not to shoot any scenes where you could see uh, palm trees. Yep, I read that as That well. was kind of cool. So the- and the other cool thing the other cool thing about shooting was, at the end of the movie, when the... Well, we're jumping ahead, but if, you, if you're listening this far, you've already seen it, um, where the, the the golf course blows up a little bit. The, the explosion on the golf course, trying to kill the gopher, we'll get to the gopher, the golf course they were filming at was right next to a small airport. Yep. So at least one guy flying into the airport called in saying that he thought it had been a plane crash. Jesus. But no, it was just guys blowing up an imaginary golfer, a gopher. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So you mentioned you have mentioned the you were talked a little bit about uh, the main character they originally thought was going to be Michael O'Keefe, and he, like you mentioned, his coming to life thing. But then all these other guys just became stars of the movie, and I couldn't yeah. believe Bill Murray originally was just a very limited role and then they kept writing more and more scenes for him as as he was just 
improvising, doing so well. And, and I think I read this. He was only on the set for like six days total, the making of the movie. That's right. Actually, uh, yeah, I just read a book about this. Um, there's a book out just last year on Caddyshack and the filming. And because I have such a high reading, you know, I have such high interest, uh, I, of course, bought the book and read it. Yeah, he was on, let, let's go over the cast. And we're talking about Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Ted Knight, who was goddamn incredible in this movie, the late, great Ted Knight. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Murray was still on Saturday Night Live. So he was supposed to be a bit player. And they started writing more stuff in for him, but they only really construct, constructed teams. He had lived about ninety percent of all his dialogue in this movie, including, including the Dalai Lama speech. And, and yeah, famous... he flew in from New York. Just he flew in New York, was on the set for six days. Yep. And the famous, you know, where he's uh, hitting the, the heads of the flowers off—that was all improvised, pretty much. They all improvised. I think the script yep. said, "Act like a child when you're swinging a club at the flowers," basically, and, and that's what he did. Yeah. And a couple takes, yeah, and, and that was it. Yep. Absolutely. The scene, they, they shot the whole movie, and they realized that they'd never had a scene with Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, the yeah, main comedy that. characters. Yeah, so they reshot the scene in, in Murray's, like, slash shed, slash apartment, whatever you want to call it, his, or his, where he was living in, like, in the shed back behind the golf course. This your place, they Carl? they shot that in, like, one day. What's that? One of my favorite lines. This your place, Carl? Yeah, what do you think? It's really It's really awful. <laughs> Over there in Briar, right? Uh, now you know probably uh, being a, a fan of Saturday Night Live, you know a lot of the history. The history between these two, Bill Murray and Chevy Chase, at that time was not good. No, not at they all. They did not like each other at all. Well, a lot of people still don't like Chevy Chase, but Bill That's Murray. That's right. Chevy Chase. Bill Murray basically replaced Chevy Chase after he left Saturday Night Live and went on to what he thought was going to be, you know, greatest movie career of all time. And apparently had a bit of an ego. Yeah, a little bit. And he, uh, so Chase, yeah, so when Chase came back to host a couple of years later, he and Bill Murray got into basically a fist fight behind the set, behind the scenes. Where did I read yeah, that? They, I read that somewhere. What, where did I read that? I remember reading that. I thought they slapped, slapped one of them, and someone, was it, who broke it up? Someone had to break it up. I don't remember what happened. Yeah, it was, was broken up, and uh, something like Bill Murray just kept shouting, medium talent, Chevy Chase, which... Uh. Might might be a really cool install. It was great. But the funny um, the funny part is they, that oh. that scene you're talking about they they shot after the movie. The Chase Murray and Ramis went out for lunch and wrote the scene over lunch. Basically, I did not know that. Yeah, I read that when when you when you mentioned we wanted to talk about this, I was looking to some of my favorite scenes, and that was one of the things they said they they shot it after the movie because they realized, hey, we don't have any scenes with you guys together. And they went out for lunch yeah. and wrote the scene. The three of them sat down for lunch and wrote the scene. It works. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And and you know, it's one of the most. If, it, if you want, one of the great things about this movie is if you watch it, you're our age or a little, or even a little older, maybe a little younger. It, it's one of the most quoted movies of all time. Yeah, and and it did not get good reviews when it first came out. I think uh, Siskel and Ebert, Roger Ebert, gave it like two stars and basically said that. The plot was, uh, you know, wavered all over the place. Kind of what you said. They had a plot line, yeah, and then they strayed really, yeah, from the it. Yeah, the plot was secondary. Yeah, and they just, I mean, it just basically was like all of a sudden these characters, and it basically they said that Ramus wanted his friends to have a good time, and they had a good time, and it showed in the movie. And it took a little did. while for Apparently, everyone else to read, catch up. Yeah, and if you read more about it, they had a lot of good time. There was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of uh, extracurricular activity going on. I think the quote I read was, lots of drugs led to a lot of improvis- improvisation. So Yes. Yeah. The one straight air, even Rodney was apparently, you know, he just smoked all the time, was high as a kite most of the time. Yeah. The one, the one straight arrow was Ted Knight, whom Ted Knight has judged male. Oh. I mean, what, what do you say? He was just perfect. <laughs> Who else plays that role like that? He was perfect. 
Are you my pal? Sit down, Danny. Oh, oh, oh. Just expressions. The oh, oh, oh. And the lamp, and the, the lamp in between the two of them on the desk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how many times have I said, how about a fresca? Yeah. Whenever somebody wants a beverage. And when him it's and Chevy that. Chase are, your father and I built this club lie. <laughs> Chase <laughs> wants nothing to do with them. Um, it is brilliant. So here's something I, I had. So first of all, three movies came out in 1980. Did you look this up? Did you just put this on your list? I don't remember if you well, did. More than three movies came out in 1980. Three, three, but... Well, three classics. Okay. And I'm going to ask you this. So mm-hmm. you had Caddyshack, Airplane, and the, Blues, mm-hmm. and the Blues Brothers. Right. You can only pick one. Which one do you pick? I know you're fond of all of them. I'm going to say, no, it's not that it's a bad movie, it's a great movie, but the one that the one that goes right off first, and not, it's not a bad, it's not that I don't like it, I love it, it's just more about the other two. I'm probably tossing the Blues Brothers out. I first. knew you were going to say that. I can't believe it. It's blasphemy. Yeah. I, but it's a tough call. You're right. It's a See, I grew up on the Blues Brothers. That I mean, I that movie I've probably seen a thousand times. It's funny. My wife, yeah, my wife has never seen that movie, start to finish bits and pieces here and there and i said to her the other day i think i might have shown my kids the scene where Aykroyd and belushi go up to see the nun in the very beginning and she beats the hell out of him with the ruler and i think i showed them that scene but i i want to well then it looks like you're up shit creek one of the you know best lines of all time in that movie right saying that to a nun yeah it's it's great it's an awesome movie i don't i just i'm you know, I mean, come on now. Yeah, I know, I know. That, that's a tough one. And then I, I probably, I've watched Airplane at Caddyshack so many times. I watched Airplane when I was like ten. Yeah. I don't me think too. my parents knew that it was like had some inappropriate stuff in there. Like, yep. Uh, you can only pick I, one, man. That's a tough call. I, th- I don't know. As soon as I saw that list, I said, "What?" Do I mean, I, I nineteen eighty. That <laughs> I would say nineteen eighty as a whole is a weird movie year in review. Yep. It had a cup. It had that. Like, I know you're a Star Wars guy, but Empire Strikes I'm Back. I'm not was a Star movie. Wars guy. I'm not. Empire not. came out that year. It was the biggest grossing film of the year, um, and a lot of people will now will say, and I'm sort of in this camp because I do like the Star Wars movies. That it was probably the best Star Wars movie. I agree. Late in the year, a movie that didn't do that kind of bombed at the box office, but then ten years later, now it's it's really been um, appreciated. The years and years gone by is a. Uh, and it's a totally different movie than the one we're talking about. Raging Bull comes out late in that year. Robert De Niro playing Jacob Amato, the boxer. Yep. If you watch it, it's incredible what De Niro did, both from a, like even from a physical standpoint. So listen, you're gonna. You, I, I can't believe I'm my say point it. is this: all the, all those great movies. Yeah. I'm gonna shut up after this. And it's a, the movie that wins Best Picture. This is why the Academy Awards sucks sometimes. Was bringing. I'm sure it's a fine movie, but it's a, basically a, a soap opera for two hours. Friggin' ordinary people. Ordinary people? I thought you were going to say Yentl or something like that. Oh, Yentl might have been, well, you know what I'm saying. I mean, give me a break. So you mentioned Star Wars, and and I'm not a Star Wars guy. I love Empire Strikes Back. That's my favorite movie of the the Star Wars set. Um, But I did you pick this up? One of the famous quotes in Caddyshack kind of resulted from a Star Wars quote. There's a force in the universe, Danny, that controls things? No. What? You know, so that, you know, when they say, Luke, use the force. Luke, use the force. Oh. What did that spo- What did that become in Caddyshack? Be the ball, Danny. Be the ball. That's it. 
And I yeah, never, I all these years, I never crossed my mind. But they said I that was kind of, of an ode to Star Wars. Be the be ball, ball, use yeah. the force. I read filmed that. Right after, two years after Star Wars. So, yeah, it was filmed very much in the whole uh, yep. cultural, still a cultural phenomenon then. And, of wow. course, uh, you mentioned Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, one of the great comics of all time, the one-liners. I mean, if you ever just go to YouTube, type in Rodney on Carson, and he just kills on Carson. Every he time awesome. he went on there, just killed. And his he wasn't kid, the most popular guy. No. To, um, to started a career well, late in life as far as, you know, I, I think he had some other things he did beforehand. You know, probably didn't really get famous till he's in, what, his 50s, 40s, 50s? Oh, yeah, he that. didn't really start till he was basically our age. No, yeah. Well, it's my age, yeah, late 40s. Yep. Which is incredible. Big, big um, partier, like the, you mentioned briefly, like to have a good time. So Yeah. But like his life. marijuana, apparently. Like the smoke, yeah. Um, I think he liked a lot of things, yeah. yeah. I hear what you're saying about Easy Money. And Ronnie didn't have a long, great movie career. He had that. What's this movie a lot of? Probably his most successful film was. What's the one where he goes to college? Back, back to, to school. school. Yeah. Which yep. is fine. That's fine. Yep. It's I never cool. saw. Was it Ladybugs? I know you're a soccer fan. No, I, I never, never saw, saw that. Never saw you know, that. I don't watch. I don't watch soccer films unless no. that with Michael Key with Michael Caine and Sylvester Stallone. Um, who else? Uh, I don't who, know. Who turned out? Never got any better for Ronnie than this. I know you say Easy Money, but he was just hitting. Every, he was hitting everything that he was just hitting. In every pitch, in yeah. Caddyshack. Who who were some of the people that were up in the up and up for roles in this movie and didn't get it or turned it down? Any any research turned up any names on that department? Yeah, well, the original one, the, Michael Keith plays Danny Newton, sort of the you know the the, the old American boy makes good, um, yeah. the caddy who wants to win the caddy scholarship. The original uh, thought for him was Mickey Rourke. Oof, really? Mickey Rourke? Yeah. I don't That's see that. Weird. Very strange. Yeah, and there was a scene where the Michael Keith did this, and then right after that, he filmed a movie called The Great Santini with, with Robert Duvall. Yep. A lot different movie. Did anyway, they had, there was a scene in Caddyshack where Michael or, or Danny's character thinks he's uh, you know he's gotten his girlfriend in trouble, so to speak. Yep. A couple of days later, she's out. They, he sees her out at night dancing on the golf course because finds out she's not pregnant. Yep. And you see, he's wearing a hat. And his hair looks kind of straight and weird. It's because he he had been gotten called back. He's already filming the Great Santini, and he had a crew cut in the Great Santini, so he's wearing a wig. No kidding. So that's a little nugget for you. Other yeah. thing I read yeah, about that's him. Why, if you look at that scene, like, what's going yeah. on with his hair? Yeah. yeah, it's a weird wig. The other thing I read about him is that he didn't play golf for 25 years after he filmed this movie. It's funny you mention that because the thing I read about that in this book was that one of the, the problems they have, and we see those a lot with baseball movies, like where guys look like they've never thrown, been, you know, played ball in their life. Yep. He was the only guy who would play golf and really knew how to, convincingly knew how to swing a golf club. But, you know... Like, if you look at the Nunzio, the Nun, I mean, look at the Nunzio swing. I mean, it looks worse than mine. I swing like a, like like an old woman with, you know, you know, with, with a limp. Listen... Now, it looks worse than Barkley. Not to get like too inside baseball, like TV here, like, but there's an edit in that film where he swings a club, and I think the ball goes straight. You'll know what I'm talking about. It goes like straight up in the air, and then it shows the you know it going 150, 200 yards straight ahead. And it drives me crazy because when yeah, he hits it, he totally that. duffs it, and it goes literally straight up in the air. And then they show him hit it down. I'm like, oh, can you just fix that? For crying out loud, it drives me nuts. I know. But he was no, also in Porky's. Oh right, Denunzio. Yeah, Denunzio. The guy who played Denunzio, sort of the bad guy, if there was one in the movie. Well, he didn't have a pay, long career, well, but yeah, I, I ain't paying no fifty cents for no coke. I ain't paying, 
1979. That's a lot. Yeah, Lou was losing at the track. So I looked that up. How much was a Coke? A bottle of Coke in 1979 was 35 cents. Wow, Lou really did raise the price. Yeah, of he Coke did. 15 he was cents. Track. 15 cents. So, um, anyway, that's just a. Uh, you, you, we could literally, you know, I would six hours. You could talk to some of those people. It's funny. I've seen Chevy Chase talk about it, and you know, he's always. It always looks like he looks down upon that movie, like he's better than that. And look, he had some great, yeah. great comedy, you know, movies and Vacation and all that. But I just wish he'd play ball and kind of, you know, some. I hate when baseball players or athletes or actors don't appreciate things that the fans really love, and that's one of the things that bothers me about Chevy Chase. It's like you're bothering, well, that's why I did. bothering I, that's him. Why I did. Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, I get he he's known to have a huge ego, and yeah, he and he's it was not a standalone vehicle with him, and he did fine with those. Like I love the vacation, at least the first couple of vacation movies are great. Yeah, you know my love of Fletch. I think Fletch is phenomenal, but yeah. um, yeah, man, just enjoy the ensemble, dude. I mean, that, you go the other way with the Murray Brothers. The Murray Brothers open up their uh, their restaurant in uh, St. Augustine, Florida, and I believe they call they call it Cat the Caddy Shack, right? Yep. Or am I wrong? I don't know. Yeah, no, uh, I, don't, I don't know what they called it, but I know they. Most of them, they opened up several of them. They all shut down except for the one in St. Augustine, I think. Right. I don't know. I'm not sure yeah. if that's still open, but. No, I might be going through some rough times right now, but yeah, yeah. just embrace it, man. Yeah. I mean, Murray plays that. Bill Murray, and we're getting in terms of embracing it. You know, we talked about golf earlier and whatnot. Like, you know, the pro am. Whenever Bill Murray's doing, and I don't know if he still plays on these, you know, these celebrity programs. He's just playing that. You know, he plays up to it, man. He plays up to the rep. So, Have fun with it. So I've had the chance at the Travelers Golf Tournament to to meet him a couple times when he's played, and it's funny. He does play. He'll he'll go along with it, but man, I, I remember following him around for a few holes, Brian. It yeah. was excruciating. You almost wanted to tell people to shut up. But it's like every hole you go uh, to is a new group of fans, and he, they're yelling the same stuff over. And a couple of times you could tell he just was like, oh, my God. Just like, you know, I was thinking I'm listening to where there's a new podcast out called Talking Sopranos with uh, Michael mm-hmm. Imperioli and uh, Steve Sharippa hosting it. It just came out this week, and I listened to it. And they were talking about how, you know, once they started to get recognized on the street, how James Gandolfini, you get typecast. To these roles, right. you know what I mean, and I mean, there's a famous, oh, yeah. there's a famous story with Gandolfini. I guess there was noise in the alley where he lived in New York City and went out there in his robe to see what the hell was going on. And the guy was like, "Oh, sorry, Tony," and ran, <laughs> thinking it was Tony Soprano. Yeah, you know what I mean. Bad, so, you know, no, I get it. And like, you know, I'm, you're, you make a great point. It's for me to tell Bill, Bill, just be like more Burton, be more like Bill Murray, embrace it. But like, after 40 years of people yelling, like, I, 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 I keep playing. There Maybe was, that gets a little tiresome. There was actually a local sports reporter here. I won't say his name, but years ago, he followed him around for a couple holes, and he got under his Bill's skin so much that I thought Bill was going to hit him because he was oh, going, he was he was getting cool. real close to him and totally just not respecting boundaries and trying to get like a scoop where Bill, he always does media. He'll, he'll play along, you know, and he'll talk and all that. Joe Pesci was the same way. He'll talk, he'll do media. But there's a point where you just let him leave him alone, and this and he was so angry because the reporter just didn't respect his boundaries. But like you said, the whole day though, every five seconds, noon and you know everything. Yeah, that's gotta be the crazy. Lamp, I, I got it. You know what? Nonstop. All of a sudden, I, yeah. All of a sudden, maybe Chevy Chase has a point. But it's been 40 years of that. Funny other Bill Murray story, real quick. I gotta tell you. So we're at Martha's Vineyard three years ago, I believe. Oh, was this the same year when you when you hung out with the Kennedys on Martha's no, Vineyard? No, it was a different year. It was a different year. Okay, sorry. All so right. the the Martha's Vineyard Sharks. It's a summer league baseball team. A bunch of college kids go out there and play, kind of like poor man's Cape Cod League. 
And uh, his he was part owner, or he, I don't, I'm not sure what it was. Brother, yeah, was he part was part owner. owner I think, yeah. So yeah. his brother was on. Was I saw I saw a guy walks by me with a hat on that looked like Lou from Caddyshack, that similar hat. And it was mm-hmm. Brian Doyle Murray, and he was going into the outhouse to take a leak or whatever. And I, wow. I and then I got distracted because here comes his brother, Bill Murray, walking up towards the stands with a camera crew following him. If you look it up, there was some sort of documentary they did about it was it was online only, where Bill and his brother were going to different like minor league baseball stadiums or something like that. But anyway, he spent some time in Martha's Vineyard. He flew in hung out and my he signed a bunch of autographs he went hung out in the right field bullpen signed autographs and my daughter went over to him with a baseball and said mr murray can i have your autograph and she was wearing a shirt or something that said you know be strong or be kind or something and he, i remember i was standing like 10 feet away and he said what's your name and she's like kendall and he's like kendall i really like your shirt and took a picture with oh, him so it was really cool bill murray that's awesome yeah it was neat it's a great story yeah it was neat so we have a baseball yeah, because, at home know, signed by bill murray yeah well that's cool because you know what like you said I know it's hard. We have no idea what. It, well, you're I mean, you're a local celebrity. I, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm nobody. But you know, like, it's hard. You know, for that one person meeting, you know, if you go, that goes two ways. If it's a unpleasant one, that sticks you with you forever. If it's yep. pleasant, it's great. But yep. yeah, when you're the person that's under that microscope all the time, it's not easy. So I applaud them for doing that. So yeah, I'll, t- I'll, find, also, I'll I also find want to applaud them for not being in Caddyshack too. I applaud that oh, decision geez, as well. Thank God. Yeah, I, I never. I, maybe I've seen five minutes of that, but I'm not a fan of um, the guy who took over for Rodney Dangerfield, Jackie. Um, oh, the guy from Airplane. No, no, no. Was not an airplane, was he? Mar- oh, oh, Jackie no, Mason. Jackie oh, no, Mason. Jackie Mason. No, I was, never, was Rodney. I, was never, I was never into Jackie Mason. Yeah, I did. And, not one of my favorite comics. And, and, and why Aykroyd would sign on for that? Uh, that, that Can that, I tell you something? Can we try back a little bit? Yeah. You asked me before about those three movies, which one I would kick out first. Mm. Out of that group that really hit it and made it, I don't include Belushi, although we don't know what Belushi would have become. Yep. Maybe he would have been making, like, according to Jim sitcoms, you know, if he'd lived. Well, he's supposed to be in Ghostbusters. He was supposed to be Bill Murray in Ghostbusters. to me is kind of the weak link of that group. I'm just going to say that. The only problem is. I don't think he's awful. Is... I, don't think he's, I don't think he's Murray. I don't think he's think he, And uh, jerkish personality aside, I don't even think he's Chevy when Chevy was on his game. He's just a little notch below those guys. But the problem he was, he was the, awesome on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I'm talking about it as like a movie actor. The thing that he has going for him though is he wrote a lot of things. He wrote Ghostbusters. Oh, he did. He wrote Ghostbusters yeah. and he wrote it for Belushi. It was supposed yeah. to be Belushi and Eddie Murphy were supposed to be in that movie. Then Belushi drops oh. dead and they get Bill Murray. So he wrote the yeah, role. That, for I know Belushi. that would have been and Belushi would have been great in that role. He would have yeah. been great in that role. Belushi was starting to move into a, another. Right before he passed, and we're getting a Belushi. He had done like a romantic comedy, Continental with, with Divide. Like, Continental Divide. He was he was starting to like. That's why it was sort of so was so much tragic about him losing him so early. He was starting to go. You were wondering he was going to shift into another gear and not just be Bluto from Animal House, but actually be yeah. you know a real actor. And Interesting. It's, it's funny too because Bill Murray, a lot like uh, Belushi in Animal House. Uh, Belushi was flying back and forth from New York to was it Washington State where they did Animal House? I don't recall. I yeah, that's where they it did was. do it in Washington State. It was supposed to be, I believe it was supposed to be set in England, maybe New Hampshire or Maine, but it was actually filmed in Washington State. Yeah, and he flew across the country back and forth like Murray did for uh, Caddyshack. So, but again, we could do an Animal House thing. They've, I've, they've written books on Animal House too. Yeah, that's I've a read whole a, other production. Yeah, I read an yeah. Animal House book a few years ago. I have to try and dig that up. I'm not sure where it is, but. Uh, 
you know, Rodney with a, you know, drive around in the boat, you know, uh, seafood was the name of his boat, you know, dropping the anchor on the, uh, so many, I mean, again, so many moments in that movie, just terrific. One of the most quotable movies of all time. Yeah. Not, he scratched my anchor. Not a bad scene in the whole movie, I don't think. Not a bad how scene. Many time, how many times, especially me when your kids were younger, I don't, maybe they're not as whiny as younger kids are now, but like, how many times when you get the, I want this, want this, want this, have you just, have you brought, have you brought, broken out, I don't want to break out the, you'll get nothing and like it. <laughs> hundred times. Yeah, hundred that's times. just a go-to one. And then some of the one-liners he has with Judge Smales' wife on the dance floor is just, you know, you must have been something before electricity. <laughs> I mean. It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's and, still, you know, you can't ask people they want to make $14 the hard way nowadays, no. but oh, that was, yeah. I did hear that the other day. I was watching something and someone used that line in a, in a current movie or TV show or something like that. And I was just like, oh. The gift that keeps Brian. on giving, Brian. The gift that keeps on giving. It, absolutely. I'm just saying, I know it's like it was Sunday night, April 12th, but you know, if you're, uh, somebody, your folks are sitting around this week and you want a, a movie that won't make your brain hurt, you don't have to do too much thinking, you just get a stress reliever. Yep. It's only 40 years old. It's on Caddyshack. Jesus, 40 years. Yeah, 40 years old. This is like yeah. if our parents, like, you know, this is, some people, this is like, sounds like we're telling them to go watch Gone with the Wind or something. Yeah. Movie I've never seen, <sighs> by the way. Yeah, I've never seen it either. No. Never saw it. No, um, I, I've been on, been on, however, the other night, he was on TV and I watched Lone Wolf McQuaid from start to finish, but I've never watched Gone with the Wind. Yeah, so yeah. There we go. That and every Magnum PI uh, episode ever came out. Talk to you about that. Oh, goodness gracious. jeez. Uh, well, we've done it, Brian. Another uh, episode in the books. Again, we could do another hour on Caddyshack. And uh, you've inspired me to go try and watch that. And again, I don't think my. Children are old enough yet, a couple years away from that. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, a because, true classic. Because we're already better, we're, we're already more about better about guidance than our parents were. So that's why you pay attention to what they're watching. But before we wrap up, there are a couple of birthdays you put on the list. Do you recall what they were? There's three of them. Yeah, there's a, not a lot of celebrity birthdays uh, this week, or like, well, not really celebrity birthdays. Because I don't really know much about celebrities. Yep. We try and focus on birthdays that'll make us feel even older than we are. Mm-hmm. So. What do you got? David Letterman. We all love Letterman. Well, we do. People of our age grew yep. up on Letterman. I know I grew up on David Letterman, especially his old NBC show back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. David Letterman turned 73. And with his beard, with his, his, his retirement look that he's gone with, he looks at least 83. Yes, he does. And you know what's funny about him is that with everything that's going on these days and people are doing things, I'm surprised he hasn't popped on the internet doing something. I know he did the Netflix show, the interview right. show for a little bit, but I'm uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen David Letterman kind of pop his head out. And Although, you know what, he's always been a social distancing guy as it is, so he's probably enjoying yeah, this very, thing. Yeah, You know? Um, yeah. And then uh, John Oates, the manager. That's that, that who you're talking about, right? No, the late Johnny Oates, the baseball manager. Yes. No, no, the under the the, the Oates of Hall and Oates. Come on. You know, a friend of mine knows I'm a big Rolling Stones fan. He went to see Hall and Oates. He said Hall and Oates are mm-hmm. ten times better. They have more hits. And I wanted to punch him in the mouth, but they do have a okay. lot of hits. They have a lot of hits. Here's okay. Here's yeah. where I go with that. They're nowhere near as good as the Rolling Stones. Of However, course not. I actually wanted to go see Hall and Oates this summer, and it's not happening. I actually kind of dig early '80s Hall and Oates. I'm down. I'm okay with most of my cheesy music. You know why you dig them though? Is because they're on MTV all the time when we were growing. It was up. on the radio too, and like yeah. before, like finally had an older cousin because I didn't have an older brother. And my parents listened to like not music I was into. I didn't like that's when I was like 
six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I just heard a bunch of top forty music. Finally, my old cousin like gave me like real rock records. And God, I still thank him to this day for introducing me to that. But yeah, Hollow Notes feels like 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 ten or eleven years old. You were yeah. listening to Hollow Notes and Sticks. You were listening to Sticks back then too, right? I never liked. I never liked Sticks. Me neither. Yeah, still don't like them. Yeah. Pretentious. No, I don't have time for pretentious pop rock. Again, they could be playing in my backyard, Brian. You know what I'm going to Yeah, see. I'm not going to see six. No. But I actually thought I'd be... I'd heard from people that says, yeah, you see Hollow Notes, they play the hits, they do a really good live show, and it's, you know, I'm like, oh, I actually would go see them. But we're not, because of coronavirus, and I don't know what my wife wanted to go. But anyway, happy birthday to the other uh, the other guy in Hollow Notes, John Oates. We're going to have to come up with another uh, movie theme. We'll talk this week, come up with a plan. You'll drop this, and we'll uh, see how it does, but I'm... Uh, it was fun talking about our youth, Caddyshack, a classic. Again, we'll have to find another movie we we'll talk about down the road. Enjoy and, the music, yeah. And just, again, terrific stuff. So uh, anything, where can we find this uh, lovely podcast, big guy? The EDBC podcast. Remember, ED slash BC. EDBC podcast. The slash is right in the middle of the EDBC. Apple Music, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're going to we post links on Facebook. We post links on the Twitter um, we're all, yeah, please share, please share. We know, Hey, podcast numbers are down. I know I listen, you and I both listen to podcasts. I'm listening yep. to a lot less than I was, you know, two months ago. Yep. So, but still, if you need half an hour, you get, if you're one of those folks that are still going out and have to go to work and first of all, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yep. Second of all, if you need a little, a little lift me up when you're driving home or driving to work, give us a shout out 45 minutes. And there's plenty of people walking around the neighborhood. So Papa San, take a look. Yeah, long walk. neighborhood walk. It's tightened. We're light and relaxing. We're not getting too heavy. No. We're, I'm too dumb to get into heavy topics. So yeah. Well, we did it, buddy. Week 30 in the books of the EDBC yeah. podcast. Did it remotely. Did again, remotely thank you. Again. I mean, you're going to work like a lot of people, so thank you for doing that. So, yeah, for some reason, we're, we're essential employees. All my family. We're essential employees. Essential. Well, I'm sure you feel that way in your head, but yes, we support you. Thanks. Stay safe while you're out there. Thank you for listening, everybody. The EDBC podcast, Eric Dobratz. He's Brian Coleman. Say goodbye, Brian. See ya.